This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. and the prophecies God has made to Israel and know that he's a God that keeps his promise. Where man has lied and no one has given you promise, God is not like man. Bible says, as a matter of fact, God is not a liar. He should be like a man. Let every man be a liar, but let God Almighty be true. The land of Israel has been abandoned and deserted, desolate for over 2,000 years. And now it's full of life. It is flourishing into a miracle, an amazing land. In the book of Romans, Paul wrote that God would never reject or forsake his people. In Pastor Eddie's message today, he points out how this is true for the country of Israel. Barren and deserted for over 2,000 years, today Israel is a thriving country. The God Paul spoke of is the same God today. He is still faithful and continues to keep his word. If you want to know if there's a God, you need to look no further than Israel for proof. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he begins his message in Romans chapter 11. Let us read Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and tore down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then... At this present time, there still is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. There is no other chapter. Now, for you students of the word, there is no other chapter in all the scripture that's more important when it's dealing with God's, uh, whether God reject Israel or not, then this chapter, chapter 11, is very important for us to know, very important for us to understand. Because chapter 11 can better explain God's faithfulness, his complete, his promises to the nation of Israel. This chapter, Romans chapter 11, confirms and it gives us the proof that God has not rejected the Jews. God has not rejected the nation of Israel. So let us go into our study. Romans chapter 1. Let us look at the first verse. In verse 1, Paul begins by asking a question. Verse 1, he says, I say then, has God cast away his people? That's his question. 
after teaching and speaking about Israel and their rejection to Christ, he knows that someone's going to ask the question, well, then that means God rejected Israel. So the question is, he's asking the question, has God cast away or rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? We already know that God made an offer. God made a way. We already know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and Israel has rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They stumbled at the stumbling stone. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 9, verse 32, he says, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Who was the stumbling stone? Jesus Christ, the rock, the chief cornerstone. They stumbled at the thought that their Messiah, their promised Messiah was one from Nazareth. Does any good thing comes from Nazareth? Yes. They stumble at the fact that their Messiah was accursed on the cross. Yes, Jesus was crucified on the cross. They stumble at the fact that he was the Messiah. They were expecting one to come from a, a, you know, a, a Messiah to come in, in all his glory and to, to save them from the, from the powers of Rome. But that wasn't the case. You could be saved from a government and still go to eternal damnation. There is no salvation then. So then, if Israel has rejected God's son, Jesus Christ, has God cast away, rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Now, this is important for us believers to know and understand. Because there are those who believe and teach from the pulpit in what is called replacement theology. What is replacement theology? They believe that because the nation of Israel has rejected Christ, the Messiah, go as far as to say because the Jews crucified Christ, they believe that Israel has forfeited all the blessing and all the promise that God has promised throughout the scriptures. And now the church is the recipients of all those promises and blessings. That is what replacement theology believes and teach. They even go and say that we are the spiritual Israel. They use that term spiritual Israel. Now, in a sense, yes, we are Israel in a sense because Israel means governed by God. That's what Israel means. And yes, we are governed by God. We surrender our life to Christ. We accepted God the Father. We accepted his son. So we are governed. We, we surrender our life to him. And yes, we have one father. We've been adapted. We've been in, uh, we have accepted this inheritance at this point. Romans chapter 9, verse 4. And yes, we are, we'll, we are grafted into the olive tree. We'll get to that in Romans chapter 11, verse 17. We're grafted into the olive tree. However, the church is not the spiritual Israel in the sense that the church has replaced Israel. That is where we need to be careful. You may have conversation with other believers in Christ, and it's just so much doctrine and teaching out there, and you want to know. Somebody say, yeah, well, we're the church now. God forgot about Israel. No, that's not the case. Be careful, because that's not biblical. Here are just a few Old Testament verses concerning God's faithfulness and promises to the Jews, to the nation of Israel. And this promise goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, 
the Lord said to Abram, who was later named Abraham, but he said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that is true. We are blessed because out of the nation of Israel, we have the Messiah. But more than that, there's so many things that because of the, uh, the nation Israel that we have uh, been blessed by technology, economics, it's amazing what they have contributed to society. So this here, by the way, is a promise the Lord made to Abraham. It's a one-way covenant. There are covenants in scripture. There's two-way covenants. If you do this, I will do this. But the Lord said to Abraham, he didn't say, hey, Abraham, this is a covenant that I'm making with you. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. I will multiply your descendants like the stars in the sky. It was a one-way covenant. In other words, the Lord gave that promise. He made that promise to Abraham regardless of Abraham's action, whether he obeys or disobey. Case in point, what happened when they couldn't wait? Sarai said, listen, we waited 10 years for boy. Here's my maidservant Hagar, right? And he laid with Hagar, which was normal in those days. And they had Ishmael, which is the Arab nation. Did God forget Israel? Did God forget Abraham? No. But God still kept this promise, even with the seed of Ishmael, with the Arab nation. How many Arabs are in the world as much as there are Jews? Because you see, it was God's promise to Abraham. I will multiply your descendants. It had nothing to do with what Abraham did or didn't do. You see, so that's a one-way covenant. But the Lord goes on. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. He said, he will not leave you nor forsake you. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. For the Lord would not forsake his people for his, for his great name's sake, because he has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Psalms 89, verses 31 to 33. If they break my statue, the Lord says, and do not keep my commandments, I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, this is important, Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. So regardless of Israel's failing, Psalms 91 verse 14, For the Lord would not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. Amos chapter 9 verse 8, Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, speaking of Israel, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet, I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. Now, there are many verses to prove that regardless of Israel's actions, whether they turn away from God, which we see in Scripture, they turn away from God so many times, God still is keeping his promise, his covenant. He's still keeping his promise. Now, that is replacement theology. It was very strong, after, especially after the destruction of the temple before 1948. Because there was no land, there was no temple. So wait a minute, a lot of theologians in the early 1500s, 1600s saying, wait a minute, there's no Israel. There's no temple. There's another thing that those who hold the, um, or the theology of replacement theology 
They believe that we are now the church. We are living in the millennial kingdom and that we are now going through the great tribulation. Okay, we're not going through the great tribulation. Trust me. We're not appointed to the wrath, to God's wrath. Perfect. Look at the Old Testament again. Enoch walked with God for 300 years and was no more. God judged the world with a flood, but did he judge the people that believed in him? No one in his family. No, he did not. God bore judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Did he destroy a lot in his family? No. As a matter of fact, the angel took them by the hand and said, we can do nothing. We can't do nothing. We can't destroy this place until you're out of here. Now, that's the same God that we serve today. He's not going to change because it's a New Testament church. He's not going to change because the bride. So you see, we're not going through the tribulation. Now, those who don't believe in the millennium kingdom or think that we are going through it, they're known as amillennialists or amillennialism. Uh, in the prefix, the A means no or not. So they don't believe in the millennium. And so the Bible does clearly say in Revelation chapter 20 that there's going to be a thousand year reign of Christ. So you're going to have to rip, rip chapter 20 of Revelation out of your Bibles. You see? And so that's the danger with that. Because if we're going through the kingdom now, they say, well, we're in the kingdom. God sits on the throne. He's already ruling and reigning. Yes, he is. But he's not ruling and reigning uh, during the thousand-year reign because uh, who's the prince of the earth? Satan, Lucifer, right? Christ has not come back yet. And who's going to rule and reign with Christ? The scripture says we are, the church, those that remain faithful to the end. Because if this is the millennium kingdom, I am really disappointed. Doesn't look like a kingdom to me, right? Doesn't look like a tribulation. As a matter of fact, a great tribulation. So that defeats all that. You have to really tear up a lot of pages from your Bible to make that uh, doctrine, that theology fit. The bottom line with replacement theology, I tell you, you know what the bottom line is? And I'm going to be bold and say is anti-Semitism. That's the bottom line. And anti-Semitism is evil, is demonic, it's not of God. It's not of God. God's sovereignty has chosen the nation of Israel. And we know that God chose Israel to bring forth the Messiah, to be the Savior of the world. But you know, there's so much more to that. Because, okay, the Jews already did their part. We have the Messiah now. Do we still need them? Yes. You know why? Look at your map, look at the news, and you find Israel is still there. That tells me that we serve a mighty God. We're talking about a people for thousands of years, 2,000 years without a land, still exists today. When you look at Israel, smaller than the state of Jersey, and it still stands today after thousands of years, it shows that God is faithful to his word. God has not cast out Israel. As a matter of fact, as there are many multiple scriptures to prove that God has not cast out Israel or reject Israel regardless of who, what they've done, that God still has a plan for them in the future. Has God rejected his own people? Paul answers his own question. He answers his own question. 
with a, uh, the strongest negative in the Greek language and is me ganito, me ganito. That means absolutely not, positively not. As we say today, no way, Jose and Ray. Absolutely not. Is it the strongest word in the Greek? God forbid, let it not be. Absolutely not. God has not. As a matter of fact, today, today we celebrate Mother's Day in the West, in the East, in Israel. Today, Sunday, May 14, 2017, Israel celebrates their 69th year of being a state. When was that? May 14th, 1948. So today is the day, their 69th anniversary. Go figure, we land on the, you know, go figure, we land on the verse in the chapter in our study on their 69th anniversary. Fulfilling the prophecies and the promises God has made with Israel. I already shared some scriptures, just a few, a handful of scriptures saying that God has not cast away Israel. God has not rejected Israel. I'm going to give you a few scriptures to prove that God is still dealing with Israel today. And that 1948 is prophetic, was a prophecy fulfilled right before our eyes. And still to this day, prophecy in scriptures that clearly point out Israel today. Ezekiel 37, verses 21 to 22. Thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel out among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. Has God done that? Yes. Almost 2,000 years from the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, they scattered around the world, and God brought them back. Verse 22, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them overall, and they shall no longer be two nations. We studied in scripture, there has been the northern tribe of Israel and the southern tribe, right? And it says, they shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided, ever be divided into two kingdoms again. Israel is one nation, 1948. This prophecy is fulfilled. And there's still living proof that there is a God that keeps his promise, regardless of how many times Israel has been a stiff-necked people and betrayed God and turned their backs on God, even their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Amos chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. It was desolate before Israel got there. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. And I will plant them in their lands and no longer they shall be pulled up from the land. I will give them, says the Lord your God. That's exactly what they've done. And many of you, we, went, we made our trip to Israel. Lord willing, we go in 2018 again. And you'll see valleys. You'll see fields that once upon a time, there were desert. There was nothing. It was desert. There was no plantation whatsoever. Now Israel is flourishing. Incredibly flourishing. Keep in mind, and this is what's even amazing about this. We're studying Romans chapter 11 Paul wrote this letter around 57, 58 AD, before 70 AD, before Israel was even scattered. So Paul is prophetic. He knows his Bible. 
This he wrote down to the, the believers in Rome before 70 AD, before the destruction, before the nation of Israel was scattered. And yet we see the Apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these truths to confirm that the Bible we have, the, even the Old Testament, the Jews call the Tanakh, is still God's word. And God's word never passes. It's faithful because he's faithful. And it's important because Paul knew his God. He knows his Bible. He knows the word. He knows the promise and the prophecies God has made to Israel and know that he's a God that keeps his promise. Where man has lied and no one has given you promise, God is not like man. Bible says, as a matter of fact, God is not a liar. He should be like a man. Let every man be a liar, but let God Almighty be true. The land of Israel has been abandoned and deserted, desolate for over 2,000 years. And now it's full of life. It is flourishing into a miracle, an amazing land. They return back to their land and they still are able to maintain their culture, their practice, and their language. Many experts say that a people, a people without a land for at least four generations would cease to exist. Israel has been through many, many generations. That's just to prove that there is a God. You want to know if there's a God or not? Look at Israel. Look at Israel. Today, they're thriving. Today, they have the best intelligence in the world. And coming with a law enforcement background, I confirm that. Law enforcement from around the world have, you know, some of their people working around the world. And other nations and other countries are learning. From who? Israel. You know, when I go to Israel and law enforcement, we go to different places. You know, we exchange patches, one, law, one officer to another. I go to the Israeli police. My reason to go to them has nothing to do with law enforcement. It's to share the gospel. You know what's amazing? You're sharing the gospel in the Holy Land in Israel. That's great. Just like what the disciples did. So just to open up a conversation, you know, I gave them, you know, an NYPD patch. And they say, oh, you were from NYPD? Yeah, you know, but it says... You're surprising me. I'm amazed at you guys. <laughs> you guys for thousand years. We just learned, you know, America that knew nothing about terrorism. Before 9-11, we know nothing about terrorism. We, yeah, here and there. You guys knew about terrorism during the times of Moses. You kidding me? I look to you. You guys are heroes. And then I share the gospel. And I tell you, hey, you, ever, you know what we believe, you know, your Messiah Yeshua, you know, he's Yeshua, he's the Mashiach. David talks about it. I give him Psalms 22. But when I relate with them, they have the best intelligence in the world, the best. You know, they're second to none. They'll take all our old equipment, our apparatus, our jet fighters, our tanks, and then when they get a hold of it, when they finish with it, it's 10 times better than the way we designed it. The best intelligence in the world. I'm ready. The book of Romans gives us a unique review of scriptural doctrine. As we continue to learn from this New Testament book, we'll also discover the gospel's powerful message throughout and discover practical life application with it as well. We pray Eddie's message on running the race has been an encouragement to you and that you're eager to learn more about the gospel message and how it applies to you. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad that you are one of our listeners. We'd also like to encourage you to find a local church where you can be part of a community that's growing together in faith. With that in mind, 
Here's Tracy. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. That website, once again, is runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can also listen to more messages by Eddie or download them to take with you on the go. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more on the Book of Romans right here on Running the Race. I'm